All right, hello guys. Welcome to another episode of Lumia Sports. I'm your host, Demetrius Mason, joined again by one Darnell Jones. What's up, guys? And no Dom today. He's taking his rest Kyrie day. So <laughs> a good one. And uh hopefully he enjoys this one. Um, but over the last three days, we had a lot of fun basketball taking place. So let's get right into it. The Sixers played the Clippers on Friday. Ended up winning by three points. Clippers tried to come from behind, but couldn't quite get it done. Uh, Paul George, 37 points on 14 to 29 shooting. He also had nine rebounds, six assists as well. Tried to do everything he could. Patrick Patterson off the bench gave them 18 as well. And Rondo had it in 10 and 8, but they couldn't quite do it at the end. And for the Sixers, Joel Embiid, 36 points, 14 rebounds. He continues to try Get back in the MVP case on only 20 shots. Cork Miles in the starting lineup. He had 18, and they just squeak out the win and get this one done. Um, Darnell, what did you see out of this one? Yeah, I saw an uh, overmatched Clippers team inside the interior. I saw a team that obviously allowed Joel Embiid to get to the free throw line 18 times. He made 16 of those attempts. That's how he got to his 36 on 20 shots, you know, being 10 of 20 from the field. So anytime Philadelphia can have that dominant Joel, then they're one of the best teams in basketball, and we know that. So with the Clippers missing Kawhi Leonard, missing Serge Ibaka, missing Patrick Beverly, it's still a lot of rotation players that are out that are going to be key contributors for them down the stretch. So I'm not concerned that the Clippers lost this game. I'm actually thoroughly impressed by the way Paul George has been playing as of late. Even though he was only 14 of 29 from the field, he was 4 of 12 from three. But he had his nine rebounds to six assists, just a complete floor game with his 37. And Outside of his 37, you only have, you know, a couple other guys and well, it's four other guys in double digits led by Patrick Patterson off the bench with 18. You would expect him to be the second highest contributor. So they got to get more from Luke Kennard. He was in the starting lineup. He was one for three. He was that big signing that they had at free agency. And he's just not been living up to his contract. And I think Ben Simmons continuing to – kind of find his niche as a defensive first player. I think that bodes well for the Sixers in the playoff run because obviously they're going to need him to be engaged. And if he can find a way to be engaged defensively, then some of his defense, some of his offensive liabilities won't stand out so much, but he's still got to be able to take a jump shot. So we'll see how that develops, but I like the Sixers right now. It won't. Here's here's what here's what I'll say. Um, I actually have the complete opposite takeaway. I'm much more worried about the Sixers after this one. Um, because, but I mean, you know me. I mean, I'm pessimistic. <laughs> now they didn't have. Now, like you said, the the, the Clippers didn't have Kawhi. Uh, they didn't have Patrick Beverly, and they didn't have Ibaka. Um, the box has been gone for a while, but the other two, obviously, big losses. The Sixers, they didn't have Tobias Harris and they didn't have Seth Curry. Um, but as we remember – They didn't have Dwight. See, now here's the thing. No, they didn't have Dwight. 
I honestly think that their bench scores better without the white there. They're also losing like 10 fouls. He just goes in there and he does this hack people and get technical and all that stuff. Um, now he gets a lot of rebounds. He just doesn't do much with them. But I think that the, the floor is more spread for Shake to do things. Like Shake, he only had nine. Max, he played and he had nine as well. But those two just can't really be effective with Dwight out there because there's just no spacing at all. And Talvron out there, he missed his couple of threes. Um, but it's at least a threat of it. That's why I was saying with Mike Scott, there's a threat of it. That's why they were effective against the Nets for a little bit scoring because their bench scoring is really the huge problem with the team. Um, now, again, another thing I'm worried, Scott went out there two for nine from three. He can't shoot uh, anymore. We gonna, we're going to need that in the playoffs, at least off the bench. Um, Ingram struggle. But what's what's worrying me, right, is, is we're seeing it, and, and this is the unfortunate reality, and it's not even going to be his fault. Tobias Harris has to be as good as Kawhi Leonard or, like, James Harden or Kevin Durant for them to beat these teams. Because in B, I don't, I don't know what else in B can give you, even the playoffs, you know, because he's a great player. But in his last two games, he's had 35-plus with like 14 plus rebounds on efficient shooting and we're just beating the Clippers with no Kawhi and the Nets with no KD and no Harden. Like, and the issue is, is Tobias, he wasn't there today, but he has to be second because as I've been saying, Simmons can't be second. We won't give you 20. So like, that's a big problem. Korkmaz was the one who got closest this game. He actually saved him again. He had 18. That was huge. Um, and the Sixers had a big lead early, and they start. And then, they, hey, the Clippers give them credit. They just fought. Um, Paul George has been great of late. Um, he did miss a three at the end, but he, he took it. Kind of had to. He was tightly guarded. Um, and they just the Clippers just couldn't quite get this one done. The Sixers held on, but. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Are, are you at all thinking about that? Like, because I don't know what else B is going to give you. And Ben Simmons, as much credit as you know, he should be for defense player of the year. He, he's he let Kyrie cook him for forty, and Paul George just had thirty-seven. So, I think it's it's tough because it's no it's no defense for good offense, and as as good as the defender as Ben Simmons is, it's always going to be hard for you to to get low and guarded smaller player. And Kyrie's one of the most gifted scorers that we have in this league. So for him to get 40 on on Ben Simmons, it's not surprising. He gets 40 on everybody. It's like no no one can stop Kyrie. So you just kind of got to hope he misses. And as far as his offense, I think that is something to worry about. Can he get to 20? But I think that Tobias Harris has proved that he can consistently give you 20 plus in a stretch. Can he get you to 30-plus? I think that's the question that we'll have to see. I don't think so. But I don't think that they'll necessarily need him to do that that, that much scoring. Um, so if you get if you get your 30 from – you get your 30 from Joel, you get your 20 from – what is his name? Is it Tobias Harris? So that's 50. What and is you get – 
I just forgot it that fast. <laughs> it did because I'm looking at so many names down the list. Yeah. And you get 15 from Ben Simmons. That's what you need from Ben Simmons. You need 15. You need close to 10 rebounds. I don't know if he'll give you that. but And you need over five assists. If he can give you those numbers with, you know, defensive player of the year type defense, then we're talking about something. But go ahead. The only thing with that is this bench is not that good. So someone else is going to have to score. And we were talking about Cork Moss can come off the bench. Cork Moss definitely can. Yeah. I, I think I, I I have to see more of it mm-hmm. non the white lineup. That might have to be just the way they go. But I'm telling you, they really can't score that much with the white in there. They really can't. Now he's a great rebounder. He'll get, he gets the boards. You know what I mean? He'll get offensive ones too. And he'll, he'll get some putbacks. He's a good player, but it's just, they're not good enough to score with that lack of space. Because Shake likes to drive. Corkmaz can kind of do both. Corkmaz can work fine with the white, but it's, ma- it's mainly Shake that I'm thinking of. And he needs just that room to operate down low. And they're going to need all the points you can give him because, like I said, there's a cap, right? Yeah. Tim Tobias give you 25, possibly 30 in the playoffs, probably not. Can Ben give you 15? Probably. 20? Probably not. So, like, it's got to come from somewhere, and I just don't think they're going to be able to. And, again, we're watching these teams without the other best players. Like, probably, you know. I think they're just going to be – they're going to face more points if they're going to have to score. And I just don't know how much you can ask, really, and need doing those situations. you got to do a lot, you know, as is. Regular seasons to beat these teams. And, and one other thing he got – 18 free throws. We know in the playoffs that's the whole issue, honestly, with James Harden, that he doesn't get to the free throw line as much. So, you know, are they going to let him keep popping his way to the line? <laughs> like, seriously, there's a serious issues, man. I'm like, I don't yeah. know. Let him get 18 free throws all series. <laughs> if he if he, if he he's playing a zoo walk in the series, then yes. But if he's going to get some of the other – elite centers that I don't know that he's going to even face in a role that unless he I don't consider Drummond an elite center if he plays in the yeah. finals I don't consider anybody on uh, like you gotta just think about his road to the play to, to the finals it, it will go through Milwaukee who center Brooke Lopez has no chance yeah. he has it advantage legitimately against every team in the league yeah so it's really coming down to Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons, and the bench. And Yikes. I don't think the bench <laughs> I don't think the bench has to, to be that dynamic because when you look at the way the playoffs go, normally the starters play lengthy minutes and that's gonna change. Like Joel played 35 tonight. That'll probably be closer to 40 in the playoffs. So that limits some of the opportunities for Dwight to kind of ruin the spacing on the floor. So that's just something else to, to consider. Mm-hmm. I mean, and obviously, you know, I'm definitely worried about him playing 40 minutes, but hey, man, this is going to be a lot of, it's going to be a lot of fear for me. So it's fine. I'm used to it. <laughs> this is a good win. And, you know, hey, man, they continue to keep winning games. That's all you can ask for. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I already know what they're thinking. They're like, hey, let's get this one seed wrapped up so we can sit these dudes a couple games and um, 
And we'll talk about another development with that later. But moving on to another game, the Celtics, who have been streaking, beat the Warriors 119-114. Now, in this one, Steph continues to just go crazy. 47 points, even in the loss. 15 for 27 from the field, 11 for 19 from three. He was amazing. Wiggins had 22 as well, trying to help him out, but it just wasn't enough as Tatum gave him 44 points. No Jalen Brown this day, but Kemba Walker stepped up as well. He had 26, and Marcus Smart had 16 as well. Darnell, what were your thoughts on this one? There were a couple of takeaways. Um, I'm going to start with the Boston Celtics. I love what I saw out of Jason Tatum. Um, 40, 44 points, 10 rebounds. Only got two, three assists, but didn't really matter. Team only got 18. But when he's cooking like that, like, he's legitimately in a superstar conversation. Um, and Jalen Brown was out, so he, he knew that it would be a, a – higher expected scoring load from him because they're not a team with a lot of scores. I like what I saw off the bench from Jabari Parker, his limited minutes, even though he only played 16, he was five or six from the field. He was, he gave you four rebounds with his 11 points. He was a plus six plus 11, 11 points and uh, plus eight for Peyton Pritchard off the bench. So the combination of those two with, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not a fan of Grant Williams personally or Simi Ojale. I think those two hold back the Celtics a lot. Um, a lot, probably Celtics fans would disagree, but I'm just not a fan of either of those two. I don't think they have the necessary skills to warrant some of the minutes that they get. Um, and obviously if Jabari Parker can continue to, to give them double digit scoring off the bench, that's going to be a plus because they don't have Fournier right now. He was expected to be that guy, but they need some extra scoring. And anytime Jason Tatum goes off like this, you expect them to have a chance to win. Obviously, the Golden State Warriors are not the team that they were in the past, but they still have Steph Curry. He went off for 47. And I was talking on the last few podcasts, like this is what it's going to have to take for them to win games. And he's consistently playing at that level. And it's really amazing to see. He was 11 and 19 from three. Just the ability to get off that many attempts was just amazing to me to watch because a lot of these looks are just hand in the face, falling out of bounds. He had one in the, in the, the left corner. I think it was in the fourth quarter, that just it was like a rainbow and it just splashed in and it was like okay Steph is it was like after he twisted his ankle on another three-point attempt like it, it's some of the stuff that Steph is doing is just making me appreciate that I don't have to play him in the finals again every year <laughs> and I could just enjoy Steph Curry again without worrying about having to face him down the road so that's cool for me to watch and Draymond's been continuing to rack up high assist numbers and they're running the offense through him. And that's the way that they're going to play for the year. So until they get Clay Thompson back, obviously it's going to be a, a cap to how, how well they can play. But with Steph out there, they're still as dangerous as any team in the, in the bottom of the Western conference. 
Yeah. <clears throat> um, one thing I just noticed what, uh, about the Celtics is they didn't have Robert Williams. Um, so that's mm-hmm. obviously why Grant Williams and Ojale had to play more. Um, and I don't think they would disagree with you with Grant Williams. Maybe Ojale, Grant Williams, they hate him. So, uh, remember, <laughs> he, he blew the rap. One of the, I think, was that the Raptors game with a couple missed free throws? Yeah, the Raptors in the Heat game, I forget. They missed like two free throws down the stretch. He looked terrified. Um, he went two for eight out there. So, man. Jabari is right there to take his job. So he, that's, that's why he's there. And if he continues to play like that, he will. He will take that back a power forward role. But um, as for the Warriors, I mean, I pointed out last time, dude, and this guy, Bazemore, he did have five turnovers. Mm-hmm. He was a minus 11. But the fact that he can just go six for up, shoot two for five from deep, really opens mm-hmm. up the whole floor. And, I mean, obviously, I, I don't even – this is one of the rare Warriors games where there's, like, no one I can really blame. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, they counted – they played as well as you can ask them to play the Celtics. I, I, I got somebody to blame. All right, go ahead, bro. I'm going to blame Draymond Green. Did you see the missed layup that he had? It was a possession where it was like a – it was going to be a dribble handoff to, like, Steph Curry. And, and Draymond faked the handoff, and instead of passing it to Steph, he went off and took a layup and drove for a layup. Missed a wide-open layup that would have, I think, either tied the game or brought them within one, and then the league got away. So Full disclosure, that's the only play I can, I can point to. I missed the game. I was out clubbing, so that makes a lot of sense. You can blame Draymond. I mean, if you're going to blame anyone, Draymond is right there. Uh, yes. So, I, I got no problem blaming Draymond if he out there missing layups. So, yes. Damn. Terrible, terrible miss. That's pretty bad. It was, yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. It's what he does late in the games. I mean, <laughs> all, all... <laughs> I was just thinking about how, like, how he, he missed the layup. And then you know how every time Draymond thinks he gets fouled, he, like, slams his arms down and, like, yeah. stomps his feet. Yeah. He did that after he missed. And it's like, man, this dude is so over the hill. He might have had one of the shortest primes I can remember. <laughs> his prime was literally, like, three years. And I think because he went to college for four years, right? And he didn't start. Yeah. He didn't play at all, actually. First two, maybe. Mark Jackson never played him. Hey, man, that short prime got him in the Hall of Fame. It did. I told you it was going to, too. That's the funniest part. I remember we used to have this debate. I was like, he's not. <laughs> I don't think so. I was like, he's going to be because they're just going to win too much. Here we are. Now here he is ruining every. Hey, man, Steph, bro, I, he's got to be moving up the end. Right, and he asked the other dude, it because they already shown you, and we'll talk about it. The other dude who they compare him to, his team won at least a game without him. There is no way these dudes are winning without him. There's absolutely no chance. But yeah. So, hey man, kudos to the Celtics though. They've been they've been putting it together recently. Um, we will talk about that impact and what, what, what they've been doing. But, hey, man, good win for the Celtics. Tough loss for the Stephs. 
fighting staffs out there that couldn't get it done. <laughs> um, speaking of tough losses, man, yesterday the Heat and Bam out of bio hit a game winner to beat the Nets 109-107. Um, in this one, KD played early, but he left quickly with an injury. Um, that was rough. Kyrie went only 6 of 19 out there with 20 points. But they were in this game because of one guy. One guy only. Landry Shaman, 30 points, 10 of 15 from the field, continuing his tear and really kept him in this entire game. But the Heat ended up just outlasting him. Um, 21 and 15 for Bam with five assists as well. 17 from Kendrick Nunn and 18 and seven, 18 points, seven assists, eight rebounds off the bench for Boren, Dragic. Darnell, what were your thoughts on this one? I think we got to point out no Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Um, he's dealing with an ankle, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it's the Heat got another one. Like they stole this game. They probably should have lost. Um, Bam, Bam Adebayo made a really, really nice pull up jump shot on the left wing to cap off his 21 points and 15 rebounds. He's been – he hasn't been playing like the all-star that he was last year. He's not having that great of a season. But his contributions are still there on nights where they need him. So he's still one of the MVPs of the team. Kendrick Nunn's been a dark horse, you know, for them because he's someone who was not playing any minutes at all earlier in the season. Now he's in the starting lineup. You're not getting much from Tyler Hero off the bench. He only gave you nine. You're you were expecting a lot more from him in the second year. He seems to the hype seems to be a little premature for him. And for the Nets, getting Landry Shamit to have this kind of confidence going into the playoffs is extremely important because the Nets have injuries that they're small injuries that are just worrisome because you just want them to be ready at the right time. And when Kyrie's healthy, you see K- KD go down. When KD is healthy, finally, you see James get tweaked. And it's always somebody of the big three. And for them to be as dominant – and the thing is, they need to get on the court together like, and get some chemistry between them three as – in, in moments where the game's on the line because they haven't been in those situations where they have to figure out who's going to take the last shot. And in the playoffs, obviously, that's not going to be the time to figure it out. So I'm a little worried about them from that aspect, but they're such a high-scoring team that they're going to be able to hold off a first-round matchup in, in the lower seed if, if it comes to that with injuries to one of their three main guys. So – until the Nets prove that they can stay healthy, I'm going to have to pump the brakes on them winning the championship. I don't know who I'll pick right now, but I'm going to pump the brakes on the Nets right now just because of injuries. And I got to see them together again before I kind of push that back into the forefront. So that's what I got. Yeah, man. Hey, I was called crazy. Um, and I went back and listened, and rightfully so, because I didn't have Katie as a superstar. This is the only reason. I don't know if he's going to be there. 
pin play. Dude, he keeps getting hurt. And, I mean, it makes sense. He's seven feet tall and with leg problems. This is the second major injury. He's already missed, obviously, all the last year. Now he's missed 23 games. Now he's played for four. And he misses again. And you're kind of like, oh, this could be a lingering problem. And it didn't look like anything that bad. That was the thing about it. It, was a it turned year. out to be a, a thigh contusion. How bad is that? I really don't know. I'm not a doctor. No, it's just a thigh contusion is not nothing to worry about. It's just basically uh, a deep bruise in the thigh. Basically, he got elbowed in the thigh, so his thigh hurts. <laughs> Basically, that's it. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> that's, what it, that's what I do think it was, but hey, he still couldn't play. So. Mm-hmm. I probably could have in the playoffs, obviously, but they're going to need him out there. I mean, you see Kyrie, a rare struggle game for him, and with all the attention on him, 6 of 19. You wonder, because um, I, I really don't have issues. I don't I don't have really big worries with James Harden either. No, I Harden, think he'll be ready. Yeah, Harden's the most durable to me of them. Um, but, yeah, Kyrie and KD completely agree with you. I'm starting to get worried. I'm, I'm – I'm really worried about Kyrie. Kyrie's been out there a lot of the season too. But Kyrie, at any point, he's had injury problems. Um, Katie, I'm, I'm extremely worried about. And, you know, um, real quick, as we talk about the Heat, we might talk about this game in a little bit. But Jimmy Butler called them soft after he lost to the Timberwolves and then he couldn't play. And so, big win for them um, because they were well, the. Seven seed going in, only a half game up right now as it remains over the eight seed Hornets. Um, so they, you, you want to avoid that playing game. It's one of those things you got to do. And, you know, and they got the win. So that was big for them. They need all of them they can get, especially when they're getting That's a big, big victory for them. So, Darnell, let's go back as we look at these games from Friday. Is there anything else that interests you? Any other storylines that you saw from this night? Yeah, let me pull up these games. All right. So, one takeaway, um, going back to the 16th, correct? Yep, 16th. Yeah. Um, big takeaway, Julius Randle, 44 points in a win over the Dallas Mavericks. I think that was impressive. Just the way Julius Randle has been leading the Knicks to relevant basketball. This has been one of the better Knicks teams that we've seen since the Carmelo years. And honestly, I'm surprised that they're they're at this point. I didn't think Julius Randle had this in him, especially after he didn't impress me as much as a Laker. He just kind of was a kind of just go left. He just kind of went left every time and put his head down and try to bully his way to the basket. And now it's a little more finesse to his game, a little more seasoning. And he's finally started to figure it out. So that's really impressive to see. Um, looking at Denver, Denver's win over Houston, that was a, a big blowout that I didn't expect. I didn't expect it to be by that margin. Obviously, Jokic is playing on MVP level. He had 29-16. That's good for him. You got Indiana or Utah over Indiana. Really, Rudy Gobert had a 2020 game, 23 rebounds, and the Jazz are continuing to find ways to win basketball games with Donovan Mitchell being out. 
So I think that's part of the reason why a lot of people didn't have any jazz players in the start in, in the MVP conversation is because they're doing it as a committee. And it's not really one guy that you point to that says without him, they wouldn't be in this conversation. So that's another thing that stands out. And just going back to just going to Russell Westbrook and his win 117-115 over New Orleans in overtime. He finished the game with another triple-double. He had 36 points. He had 15 rebounds. Let me see how many assists he had. Uh, one second. He finished the game with nine assists. So he's one assist shy of a triple-double. Um, but still, the way he's been playing, Bradley Bill had 30. They're playing like two of the best players in the East. And as far as – well, not two of the best players in the East. Two elite players in the Eastern Conference. And Russell Westbrook reestablished himself as a legit Hall of Famer. So I think that they don't have much playoff aspirations, but just seeing them two figure out how to play together is really impressive. And that's all I got from Friday. Um, one thing looking at uh, the game that you just mentioned, the Wizards-Pelicans, it went into overtime. Um, mm-hmm. First of two overtime losses for the Pelicans. Great job, Pelicans. Anyway – um, that's obviously, uh, the reason that this game is big is last year, we probably wouldn't even care. We keep it moving, but the wizards are right on that 10th seed now. And, um, Zach Levine is, I think, is he still in health, health and safety protocol, but he was in health and safety protocol. So he might miss a couple games. Um, mm-hmm. and right now they are tied for that 10th seed. And one thing I, I see, I didn't think about Daniel Gafford. 18 points, seven rebounds, plus 16. He can be their center. And we talked about the Bulls, how they kind of fucked everything up by trading Lindell and Gafford because they were both rim protectors. Gafford had four blocks as well. Um, so it's a rim protector, someone they can throw oops to with the Wizards. Yeah, so- I was going to say it gives them vertical spacing. It gives yeah. them a lob threat, something that they were missing. And that's something that Russell Westbrook thrives with. He didn't have it, obviously, with Steven Adams, but he's played with centers that he can give easy looks to before. And, yeah, I think he fits that mold. Yep. And, again, he's a shot blocker. So that's huge because now they have a little bit of defense, and that's why he had the highest plus minus on the entire team, which is crazy to me. Um, but, hey, man, really messing up there, Chicago. You really kind of fumbled the ball on that one. Um, one other thing I saw you didn't mention, um, the Blazers beat the Spurs 107-106. I was looking at this game, and I was like, why are the Spurs in this game? And then I looked later, and I realized that there was no Dame. Um, but that's a big win for them to win any games you can without Dame. CJ went out yeah. there, 29.6 assists. What happened, interestingly enough, we talked about that CJ kind of is hurting them a little bit because, again, you know, he doesn't really play great defense because he's short. And it, t- it takes shots away from other guys. We saw Carmelo at 13 on 12 shots. Anthony Simons, he had 16, plus 16 off the bench on 10 shots. Cantor had 10 more. And Norm had 22. So it was more spread out just because there was no game. So it's really interesting now that it kind of looks like, obviously I think Dame's better than CJ, um, but it looks like without one of the two, the team just has more balance to it. And has more of like a defensive presence. I mean, Spurs aren't a great offensive team, but the Blazers don't hold anyone to 106. 
So you know what? I'm going to take that, you know, as meaning something. Um, and the other thing is just the Heat struggles. Um, obviously, we talked about how they won Sunday, but they had lost three in a row heading into it. And this was just mm-hmm. another one of those games, and they, they lost this one um, to the Timberwolves. That's a really, really bad loss. That's why Jimmy came out with the comments of, yeah, we're playing soft. Um, he kind of talked to Bam, and he was like, hey, or through the media, he was talking to Bam. He was like, I love when Bam takes these jumpers, but I'd rather him go to the basket. And I think it's just more so he's kind of saying, like, yo, man, because Ariza gave him 21. He's like, yo, man, Tyler Hero is not going to do it. And I'm looking now. This is really bad, Tyler. Can't go out there one for seven, minus 25, 23 minutes. And he's Angelo Russell. Was eating him alive. Not even really. Wasn't even Russell. He just was bad. Um, <laughs> really, really bad. Um, Anthony Edwards only at 12. Carl Anthony Towns at 24. It wasn't like anyone played great. It was really just the Heat didn't do anything. Tyler played bad. But it's like Jimmy saying, like, look, man, I need you, man to just score on these dudes because I'm doing that. He had 30 points, eight assists, 10 rebounds. He's like, hey, man, I'm doing all I can. You just got to be more aggressive. So that's a hard to the next game. But that's something that, like you said, he wasn't playing at an all-star level. They're going to need that from him going forward um, to be that all-star. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I don't know if he can be, you know, against – it's going to be a little different, the matchups. Right now, they play the Nets. And, and that's the thing. I don't know if Bam's such a good – what he's great at is really passing, kind of doing those mid-range jumpers. He's really cerebral. He's a good rim protector. I don't know mm-hmm. if he can dominate in a series, and that's that's what it's probably going to take because right now they're looking the Nets dead in the eyes. And good luck with that if he doesn't score 25, 30 a game. Um. So moving on to Saturday, Darnell, what, do you have any thoughts on any of these other games from then? Saturday, looking at Saturday's game, another impressive performance from the Wizards. This time it was Bradley Bill, 37 points and a 21-point victory over Detroit Pistons. Detroit Pistons one of the worst teams in the league. They're tanking, obviously, so not surprised by that result. But the most surprising thing was Phoenix 85, San Antonio 111, led by just balanced scoring from the Spurs. Like, no one expected that kind of result. Keldon Johnson was 17. Deontay Mur- DeJounte Murray with 14. 13 and 13 for Drew Eubanks. Derek White with 12. 18 for Vassell off the bench. 18 for – or 19 for Rudy Gay. No – DeMar DeRozan, and they still win the game. Like, how – I didn't expect that at all. Like, Team makes no sense. Probably. No no sense at all. And I think one of, one of the things that I noticed watching the Spurs were just how much Lonnie Walker makes a difference. He only had nine points, but he was a plus 20 off the bench. Everyone was a plus something high because this game was such a blowout. But he just adds another – athlete on the wing and the guard that gives them guard play and they just have so many they just have so much switchable defenders that it's going it can be tough on some nights for some teams and it was a struggle for Devin Booker six of 18 Chris Paul finished three of 10 and 
outside of that, they didn't really get much. They got 17 from Javon Carter, 12 off the bench from Cameron Payne, and this game was over before it even started. They really, were really fully surprised healthy by and got destroyed by the Spurs. Yeah. I man, we I got off the Chris Paul bandwagon. Darn, I'm sure you did too. At the right time can't go out yeah, there being a minus twenty five, bro. Not against the Spurs. <laughs> I know Dejounte Murray is a great defender, but damn. And dude, I'm telling you, here's the issue, right? Because like I said it last time, all this side, you know, Chris Paul not gonna be going to lead him. It's going to be Booker. Booker can't be six of eighteen. This is a problem for real. If it's not going to be either one of them, it's going to be nobody. The Spurs yeah. are like, all right, well, we'll just, you know. And I don't know what – only shot one three, and I don't know why. I guess they were just like, you can't shoot threes today. I don't get it. Like, I like Devin Booker a lot, but the way he – his uh, – like, he takes way too many twos to me. Like, I don't understand it. As great of a shooter as he is, why his attempts aren't higher. Well, he seems to like to catch the ball and hold it a little bit more than you would like. And he's not – when when you think of Devin Booker, you think, okay, he can do pretty much anything Clay Thompson can do except defense, and he can dribble the ball. So you expect him to be really, really good and catch and shoot, but that's just not the way he plays. So until he can figure out – how to play winning basketball again, I don't know how far the Suns can go. I know it seems like a stretch for us to say that so soon, but I don't like what I've been seeing from the Suns lately, and I'm off the bandwagon too. Yeah, amen. The Suns and Jazz, bro, they're – I don't know. If the Warriors creep into this – well, actually, we'll, we'll talk about that more in a minute. But, yeah, I don't like what I'm saying as, as well from the Suns, and it's because I know I know Chris Paul isn't going to do it. Booker is starting. It's too come and go. Like, we need the consistency. Um, mm-hmm. Hey, man, they're still second in the West. they still right there. But, hey, it's just, it's just not looking great for them. Um, one team that's kind of climbing, though, is we look at these Saturday games – um, the Grizzlies ended up beating the Bucks 128-115. Giannis played this game. Um, he was the Bucks' best scorer. He had 28, but they just couldn't stop the Grizzlies at all. And we've seen this um, out of this team because they're just so balanced. Sometimes you just mm-hmm. get games like this, and this time it's Grayson Allen, a.k.a. Dom, who he thinks is the best scorer. He had 26 points out there. Brooks right there with 21. Ja kind of struggled from the field, but they, you know, Five or six teams, but they need him out there. And a big win for them as they continue, you know, slowly as we look now, kind of catch up to the Mavs. And, hey, man, one floater away from really being the seventh seed right now. Yeah, that's another thing that's really impressed with the way that Memphis has fought to to get right back to where they were last year without Jaron Jackson for majority of the year. The entirety of the year and being ahead of the Warriors, barely they're two games ahead of the Warriors right now in the standings. And they're trying to catch, they're trying to catch Dallas. And they probably won't catch Portland, but 
Dallas is right there for the taking. And if they can get Ja to elevate his level of play closer to what we saw last year around this time, then they'll really have something cooking because I like what I've seen from Dylan Brooks. He's been consistently giving them high, high scoring nights. Grayson Allen's been shooting well from the field. He's been playing well. So you, you have guys from Memphis that can get it done outside of the job, but he's the one that they know can take it to another level. Yeah. And his ceiling, he's still not close to his ceiling, but just to see him take another step in his development will be crucial for their success. So they're not going to get a high draft pick this year. They'll get Dylan or they'll get Jaron Jackson back next year. So that's another piece to integrate into the team. And the Memphis Grizzlies will be, they'll be here to stay. I don't know how high they can get next year, but they'll be here to stay next come come another year from now. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, a, another thing that's interesting as we look at the West, the Lakers, I mean, they did beat the, the Jazz didn't have Donovan Mitchell. Um, they didn't have Rudy Gobert either. And it took overtime, but that's a big win for them. And they, they seem to be steadying themselves right in that four or five range. Um, you know, with the Drummond addition, they've been basically a 500 team. And that's all they really need to be until AD and LeBron come back. Um, mm-hmm. And it sets up a right now for them to play the Nuggets. And obviously, as we talked about before, we hate it. You know, they don't have Jamal Murray, but that might be the best series for the Lakers to start off in the first round, to be honest, but, you know. As good as the Nuggets are, that's still still a huge piece missing for them. And so, you know, they fought right there, and now they're right at five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that four or five matchup right there would be the one. Yeah. Um, I, I give the Lakers the edge because obviously they have the best player on the floor. I think it's close, but I think the Lakers have the best player on the floor. They probably have the second best player on the floor. Mm-hmm. And the addition of Drummond – just gives them somebody to match up with to, with Jokic. So Anthony Davis doesn't have to play center unless he's absolutely has to, and he, or in a situation where he has an advantage yeah. to where teams are going to have to match up to them. So I think that's an added plus for signing somebody like Andre Drummond. And he just seems like he's just fitting around the culture of the Lakers being a winning team, being a team that prides themselves on defense and not having to worry about youth on the team and how they develop and not knowing exactly how to play. I think that's the biggest difference in some some of what you've seen from Drummond. So if the Lakers can get back healthy, they'll be they'll be the favorite to come out the West again. Yep. Pretty much. Um so moving on to Sunday, was there anything interesting you saw on this day? Looking at Sunday's games, it was a couple interesting things. Um, Atlanta's win one twenty nine one seventeen over Indiana. Mm-hmm. They had their they have Bogdanovich playing back at the level that we would expected him to with the with this team. So the the Hawks have additional scoring now that they didn't have earlier in the season because obviously so many guys were hurt and that's a it's just really impressive to watch Atlanta just continue to maintain themselves as 
let me look at the standings. They're one, two, three, four, five. So they're tied with they're tied tied with fifth with the Boston Celtics. So right in their four or five seed. And they would probably that would be the matchup in the in the Eastern Conference if the playoffs started today. So that's really interesting to see. Um, the Knicks are right there. Um, looking at the Clippers, Clippers win big over Minnesota. Got there well, they wouldn't revenge, but it was. I was watching the game and it looked like Carl Anthony Towns got hurt a little bit, but I like the way that he's been playing as of late. He's been playing like a top five center. I'll probably rank him right now as third in the NBA. I think he's playing better than Bam. But he's not obviously as good as Jokic or Embiid. But he's playing, I think, better than Vucevic in Chicago. So I think he's right there with, with some of those guys. So that's impressive. Uh, Sacramento beat Dallas. Um, that was impressive for the Kings to get a win over Dallas. No Rashawn Holmes. He's been someone that's been out as of late. He's been playing. He was playing really well for them, but they got the scoring that they needed from De'Aaron Fox and Harrison Barnes, and they led kind of led the way for him. They got 23 off the bench from Terrence Davis, someone that they wasn't expecting a lot from probably last night. We haven't really seen Tyrese Halliburton have that impact. He was a minus 23 that we had earlier in the season. He's kind of tanked in as far as his race for rookie of the year. Not surprised there, but Dallas has been playing average basketball for an extended period of time right now. And I don't see anything changing. I think in the first round, it'll be a, it'll be a struggle for them against any team in the, in the Western Conference playoffs, unless they're playing one of the play-in tournament teams. But I just don't know. Let me see the standings. They're right now in six. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven, they'll play the Suns. They could probably beat the Suns, honestly. I don't know who I would pick between Dallas and Phoenix, but this, the, the Mavs have a chance against the Suns. But some of those other teams, I don't like their chances. And I don't think they can go far in the playoffs, but obviously Doncic is amazing. So that's my takeaway from those games. Mm-hmm. And looking at this um, Zion's return or Zion's first game in New York, it was a 112-122 loss to the Knicks. The Knicks got another game, and after the game, Zion just gushed and gushed about how much he loved playing in the Garden for the, I think, second time in his career. First, once once in Duke and once here in the pros. So that was a little bit of a storyline. Obviously, anything involving New York is going to be a storyline because they just have the biggest media in the world. So that's, that just happened. So no, not, no, no big takeaway from him saying there's the story of, is that why there's the story of is Zion going to be a Nick someday? It's because he's yes. such a bunch of losers, man. Oh my gosh. Anyway, um, no, nah, Zion was um amazing. So I have a few people to rip apart um on these games that you talked about. Before I do that though, Trey Young, let's give him credit. Early in the year, we used to we used to rip him to shreds. Um, first off, Capella, twenty five points. 24 rebounds. 24 rebounds. Yeah. Man. Unbelievable. Amazing. Um, you know, Miles Turner's supposed to do anything with him, but nope. 
as we Trey has gotten to the point where I mean he keeps he 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 played the Nets the one time. Steve Nash said, "Hey man, he's flopping out there, blah blah." blah. And they stopped doing what he was doing early in the year in those first six seven games, and he's back to doing. He's going to the free throw line, flop man. James Harden right there, and you hear Steve Nash not complaining about that. Um, so now he's back up with it. Thirty four points this game, eleven assists. As we talked about Bogdanovich, he had, he had those injury problems early, um, but he had 23 this game. Horter came out with 23. And big news, John Collins was back in the starting lineup. That just makes everything so much easier. So as we talked about, if they could ever get healthy, that's what I was saying. If they get Hunter back, they get Reddish back at some point, and Gallinari didn't play this game. They get those guys back. I mean, you saw, I mean, the Pacers don't have a great defense. They don't have a good defense. They're pretty bad. But 130 on these guys is pretty crazy. Um, 130 against anyone is pretty crazy. And they did it with only 10 turnovers, very efficient. And Trey Young, hey, man, Nate McMillan came here. And he said, bro, he said, dude, we got to pass the ball more. Now everyone is getting shots up. Um, Bogdanovich is exactly why they brought him over. And they're looking, they're looking like a really, really good team. So that four or five, man, them versus Celtics would be really, really interesting. Um, yeah, I think it, I think it's going six or seven, and I don't, I don't know who would win. I, I'd say the Celtics right now, but Capella could easily destroy them. Now Tristan's going to get his, but Capella could easily go for a couple, 15, 20 rebound games. I think they, there was a stat he's had like seven. 20 plus rebound games this year. The Celtics aren't really they Robert and Tristan are good, but I don't know if they could really stop Capella. So that would be interesting. Um as far as the Pelicans next man, the, the way the Pelicans are made really make me mad. Like they are one of their <laughs> your boy David, I don't know what he's doing over there. This is maybe the worst constructed roster in the league around a super. I actually agree. It's just, I don't know what David Griffin is doing. What man. is he doing? It's awful. And part of the issue is, part of the issue, I mean, he's a plus six out there. Somehow Zion's a minus 13. I don't care about that. It's because the reason is because Zion is going up against a better team. And Julius went out there and had 33. So if that's going to happen, then yeah. 33 and 10 assists, which is crazy. Five steals. It's ridiculous. Um and I, I hope Zion saw he needed to see from Julius because really the difference was at points, Zion was just out muscling Julius, but he couldn't just go through him every time, right? Mm-hmm. But Julius was just hitting him with these mid-range jumpers. And I was like, all right. He had the Julius has the slow down moves. He's got the chill, just you know, do 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 shoot the mid-range jumper. They got Zion to take a couple threes. He missed all of them, missed a couple of them badly. Um He's got to learn how to, you know, just – that's what Giannis, I think, needs to me as well. It's just like a slow down, relaxed, you know what I mean, a little floater. Something where you can – a change of pace move. And Julius had all of them, and, and that's really what, what the difference in the game was. That and Derrick Rose off the bench, 23 points plus 22. I mean, he went crazy. Um, mm-hmm. Huge down the stretch. But back to the Pelicans because they make me mad. Ingram went out there, 6 of 18. He continues to not shoot well. What a surprise. Could have seen it coming. Oh, yeah, me. And they – Still could have won the game. <laughs> Eric Bledsoe was eight for twenty. That's like a godsend, honestly, for Eric Bledsoe. Twenty-two oh, points. Yeah. He did everything he could. This game is on one person. First off, James Johnson they brought over. He was one for nine as well. Yikes. Um, but this game is on one person. It's on Lonzo. Two for nine from the field. Five points. 
three assists, you know, seven rebounds, whatever. But late in the game, they had a three-point lead, and he, for no reason at all, rotated off of Reggie Bullock, left him open in the corner. This is a it is a three-point game at seven seconds left. D. Rose drives, and Eric Bluss is like, go ahead and score. And Lonzo, for no reason, leaves him, kicks it out to Bullock. Bullock hits it, sends it right into overtime. It was unbelievable. I was like, man. And right at overtime, Reznoel blocked a Brandon Ingram shot. So that pretty much ended that one. It was a tough, tough loss for the Pelicans, obviously. Disappointing for me because I'm rooting for them to try to get in this 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 10th seed over the Spurs, but they just can't, they can't do it. They just can't do it. I see it now. They lost three in a row. They were right there, and then they just lost three straight, two in overtime. Um I wonder what's going to happen, honestly, with them because I want to blame Stan, but this team is just built terribly. This like, team is built horribly. <laughs> awful. There's not much he can do. He tried. He did everything he could. And Lonzo, Lonzo fucked this one up for real, but it's just, there's no bench either. It's like, it's like damn. Like, not much can be done with this, so I feel for you. Before you stand, I don't think they won't fire you. They should fire David Griffin for being honest, because he's he. They have no purpose. Like, why did he bring James Johnson over here? A I little think- revisionist history here. I'm just going to throw this out there: the Cavs were right to not re-sign David Griffin after what he's the job he's doing in New Orleans. So I'm not mad at it. It's not like the Cavs are in much better shape, but <laughs> hey. We doing a good job of tanking right now without making it look like we're tanking. So I, th- I think they're doing an awesome job. Didn't you guys just win two days ago? <laughs> and then we followed it up with a loss. Okay, but that's <laughs> – y'all just beat Chicago two days ago. That's like one win. We, we've, we've lost – Oh, my fault. Chicago beat you guys. Chicago beat you guys. My bad. We lost, we've lost like nine of 12. Something bad. Like that. Good job. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, but yeah, no, and we don't have to, and we don't have to win the draft this year. It's not like one player. It's, I mean, it is one player, K. Cunningham, but there are some other guys that you can get that can be impact players. So, yeah, yeah. I I I agree. I'm not sure, man. Because yeah, I hear where you're coming from, but could. David Griffin have gotten more for Kyrie Irving than Isaiah Thomas and a bunch of role players. That wasn't David Griffin. I know. That's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was really the move that ended everything. That's what that's I was a like, good oh, point. Dave, David Griffin's a genius because he didn't do this stupid shit. <laughs> like, I just think – I just think that the whole trade was dumb. Like, they should have just not traded him at all. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad they got Colin Sexton out of it, but – that's not enough for Kyrie. And remember, now keep in mind, part of the part of the big thing was that because he left, LeBron was mad because LeBron was like, I die again, no say in the situation. Because him and Griffin had like a relationship or whatever. Um mm-hmm. but remember that the Kyrie trade originally, we talked about this before. He was supposed to go uh for Paul George, and then I think I talked about this with Dom off here. He's supposed to go for Paul George. Then LeBron was like, hey, man, don't do that because I'm about to leave. So you might not want to come here. And then that killed all the trade rumor because Paul George wanted out of Indiana. 
And Kyrie obviously wanted to be gone anywhere. Whatever. Mm-hmm. That. And so that happened. But then because of the David Griffin not being there, they couldn't make that trade happen. So they had to settle for Isaiah Thomas because, you know, they already put him on the block and it's Kyrie Irving. So he really – we've seen him this year. He demanded, he demanded a trade after he was in trade rumors that he would be in the trade involving Paul George. So once that hit the news, he's like, all right, I'm out of here. Yep. And he said, I'm not coming back. I'll get – season-ending knee surgery that's if y'all don't trade me. Pretty fuck. And that's how that happened. But water under a bridge now. I'm not. I'm over yeah. it. I'm not. But. <laughs> <Clearly>. <laughs> I'm going to say, are you? <laughs> Oh, I remember. I remember the news of that one too. It was like, damn. Yeah. And Kyrie would have done it, so you kind of had to trade him at that point. I had to. I had to write about that trade. It's rough. Yes, it is. I th- I think that Dave. I think okay. So again, we can't really. David Griffin clearly can't build a team. But maybe he could have maintained it for a couple more years. Now I don't know mm-hmm. if you would have liked that or not, because we were talking on air at the time, and you were tired of going to the finals and losing to them. So, <laughs> yeah, that, that wasn't as fun as like it seemed. <laughs> Having LeBron there, knowing he doesn't have a chance to win, and all you're just like you can't go on you can't go on Twitter because all Twitter is doing is flaming the Cavs for being having bad role players, like mm-hmm. and not having nine superstars on their roster. Like it's not it wasn't fun at all. I mean, and you we we didn't win. Like it's not like they were winning seventy games a year. They were only winning barely over 50. Yeah. And it was some nights where they just didn't show up. Like, it was all about the playoffs. Regular season didn't matter. Yep. And, yeah, it was it was way too – it was it was a lot. It was a lot. There are times when they didn't show up in the playoff games. I remember a couple of mm-hmm. them. I was like, dude, this – I get it, but damn. <laughs> damn. Dog. Um, I know. <laughs> yeah, we used to be on there talking about that all the time. Um, but really quick, um, the so here's the thing because I was looking at this, the Kings Mavericks team you brought up. Mm-hmm. Dude, they didn't have Holmes, they didn't have Bagley. Whiteside played for 19 minutes, Porzingis in 37 minutes, three for 14, one for seven from deep, minus 24. Nine points. Yikes. Yeah, he laid a stinker. Like that's are, that's what we're talking about. It's consistency. And you are a no go ahead. No, I was just gonna say he's another one of those guys that's just not consistent enough. Nope. You already know Josh Richardson, he's gonna give you three for nine. So if you know that's walking out there every time, amen. I mean, Luca did all he could. I was watching this one actually, um, talking to a Mass fan for group chat, and I was like, "Why are y'all down to the Kings? Fully healthy? Yeah, like you could lose to the Kings. The Kings have lost nine in a row, but not with Porzingis out there. That can't happen. And the reason is Terrence Davis, like you said, went off for twenty three, so they couldn't guard him. Uh, they couldn't really guard DeLon Roy. He had thirteen. There's no way they were guarding Aaron Fox. He had thirty and twelve. Um, but Barnes had twenty four. So they still can't, obviously, we knew this all season, can't guard wing players or guards or really centers for that matter. 
So they still can't play defense, and they gave up their off their backup score in Seth Curry. Um, and it's proved to be a problem for them. And I'm in the situation where Luke had 22 points in the fourth quarter, and they had no chance of winning this game. I'm watching <laughs> them go crazy, and I'm like, they can't stop them at all. Like, they can't get one stop to give themselves a chance um, yeah. to come back in this game. It was, it was, it was really, really bad. And it, it brings me to this question. Do you think that they would beat the Grizzlies in that playing game? Because that's who they would play right now. Do you think they'd beat them? That's a tough one. I would say yes, because I, I believe in Luka. But I would say it would, it would go long because Memphis has – you don't, they, has, they have the team that's built to where you don't know who's going to go off. And those are some of the most dangerous teams to play when they have depth and they can do it by strength and numbers. So I would say I would say it's a toss-up, honestly. But if I had to choose personally, I would pick Luka just because he's the best player in the series. Yeah. And often in first-round matchups, that's kind of what you pick is the best player. But it would be it would be a tough series because I would give Memphis a shot. Well, it wouldn't be a series, it'd be one game. Oh, one game. Yeah, because yeah, I would be go with Luca in one. Yeah, it's the playing tournament. Okay, yeah, that makes a lot more sense. I'm tripping. Uh, yeah, I would go. I would go with Dallas. I would go with Dallas because I would have. I would think Luca can make one. On one night, I would go with Luca, so I would pick Dallas. I. My, heart says yeah, you're right, but I watched that other game when they played. Valen's shooting causes so many issues for them. Mm. And Porzingis just isn't playing well. And this is kind of why they wanted to trade him. But he not he's not playing well at all. And if it's not Porzingis, it's not like last year. Now, in fairness, Brunson tried. He had 20 points, 8 of 10. He really did that all he could, and it didn't mm-hmm. even matter. But it's not like last year. It really, if it's not Porzingis, it's going to be known. And the, and again, Brunson had 20, and I'm just now seeing Finney Smith had 22, and they still lost by 14 to the Kings. I don't know, man. It's because they can't get consistent scoring from ever. It's really, it's really comes down to one thing. Josh Richardson kills everything. He can't guard anybody, and he can't score. So it's like. So what is his use? <laughs> there is none. He out there missing threes, not guarding anybody, letting De'Aaron cook him all game. And, I mean, hey, man, they could have kept Seth for all that. At least Seth would score some. He'd hit a couple of them. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's like a worry for the Mavs, obviously. That trade really, really, really robbed them on that one. Um, we appreciate you, though, Dallas. And that's just the case right now. Now, what I want to do, obviously, let's look at the standings as you see it. What right now, um, recently, the Knicks have won six in a row. The Hawks have won, sorry, the Celtics have won six in a row. So they've both jumped um, up from the 7-8 seed. The Hornets are down to the 8 now. Um, And as you look, the Pacers are ninth, you know, 13 up in that 10 spot, Raptors, Bulls, Wizards. Um, so that's very interesting. And in the Western Conference, the Jazz, they still hold the number one seed. Um, Sixers number one seed, by the way, in the East. But the Jazz number one in the 
in the in the West by one and a half. Um, and in those middle spots, basically everything stayed the same. The Trailblazers now two games up over the Mavs. And the Warriors are the nine, kind of entrenched in that nine now. So it looks like they're definitely going to get the playing game. And the mm-hmm. Spurs are 10th, three games up over the Pelicans. So what interests you right now as we continue to go down the stretch with one month of basketball left in these standings? I think the most interesting thing is the Clippers in a two spot. I mean, a three spot. Yeah. If they can I, fall, if they can get, I think they're going to get to the two spot because I think they're going to pass the Suns and the Suns are going to come back down. So I think whoever is in that seven seed playing at Clippers right now, it would be Dallas. The winner, it would be Dallas. Yeah. Or the winner, you're right, the winner of the, the winner of the play in tournament. Yeah. I would say, yeah. I just like I just like the way the Clippers are playing lately. They just have a lot of great shooting. Um, there seems like Paul George is finally putting it together with the Clippers, and Kawhi is just waiting in the wings to just kind of just reestablish himself come playoff time. So I'm impressed with what I've seen from the Clippers. Um, looking at the East. The Nets being in the second spot, I think that's intriguing because that means the Sixers are kind of in the first seed and thoroughly stamped there. I think that'll just stick as far as the rest of the season goes. And whoever's that eighth seed is going to have trouble with Philly in the first round. That's for sure. You might not believe so, but I do. And I think we're going to win the first round. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> your worries are so are so drastic that I think you might not have any faith at all. I'm worried about one team in that. I'm worried about the Heat. I think I've said this before. The Heat worry me. I worry about anybody else. Three, you know, the Hornets or the Pacers, the Raptors, or whoever the fuck we're beating. Yeah, potentially the the Heat could be in that in that playoff playing tournament and for that seven eight. And if they get that eight spot, that's going to be a series. Yeah, it will be because that's why because Jimmy Butler is not letting Tobias Harris kill him. It's not going down like that's not going to happen. Like so, we said that we need twenty from Tobias Harris, but not not with Jimmy Butler guarding. And can Bam do anything with Joel? No, he can slow him down at all. Even a little bit. Too small. Fair. I'd agree with you, but hey, man, Jimmy also could just go crazy because he really would not want to lose to us. Yeah. He very well would go finals Jimmy on us. Um, but like you said, man, with the Clippers, hey, man, I take it back. I It, it really it really is Rondo. It's incredible. I didn't think this would be the case at all. Rondo's come there. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this team can suddenly pass the ball. Like, they can suddenly just do all the things that, that, you know, we said they were the Celtics West. No, now they can pass the ball. 31 assists last night. I'm watching, and I'm like, the ball movement was crazy. They were always finding the open man. And I just hadn't seen them really play like that before Rondo. And now since him, showed all the stats. They're 7-1 and one since they got Rondo over there. They're streaking. And I actually believe that they can definitely that they can catch the Jazz. I really do. They can get to the one seed. 
I see nothing out of the Jazz that says that they can't catch them. Um, the Suns, obviously, we've seen them struggle a little bit. Um, that that Spurs loss is really, really bad. And I, I agree with you, man. The Clippers right now for me. And from the East, it's just can the Wizards get in. That's the only interesting thing right now. Um, unless we get a possible LaMelo and Gordon coming back. Other than that, I mean, it pretty much looks like what it is. But I will say, yeah, the Sixers getting that one seed is is nice because, again, big thing is you get to avoid the Bucks mm-hmm. for another round. So that's that's crucial to them. I I just don't want to play the Bucks. I know, I know people think we could just roll over them. I don't think that at all. <laughs> I don't know who thinks that. Is that Dom that thinks that? that I is- think so. To, but to a couple of people, it's a couple of people I talk to who think they know basketball. I think we can just roll over them. I'm like, <laughs> y'all, they tripping. <laughs> I, was like, I don't agree with that at all, actually. Yeah, not at all. So, yeah, those are the two really interesting things to me. Um, and, and it's also kind of who in the first round is going to avoid the Bucks, because actually, it, it's slightly possible. I will say that the Bucs lose in the first round if they play, I would say the Hawks. I'd say the Hawks would have a chance just because of Capella. Capella and the wall against Giannis could do it. Um, I think the Celtics could. I don't think the Knicks could. I think they'd be slightly annoying. I think the Capella and the wall with Trey Young, and if Hunter is there and Bogdanovich and Porter, I mean, they have a really good team, so they could possibly – so it's like really for the Bucks, you know, who they get in that first round. But as far as the West, yeah, it's right now about the Clippers and how they do. We don't want to say it because Lakers are still right there. They do look like the best team in the West right now. Um, you know, only because the Lakers aren't healthy, but they, they just they, the way they're playing with Rondo is it really is crazy. And so obviously we're excited to see that one. Um, now, as we look at it coming forward over these next couple of days, some fun games, Sixers, Warriors tonight, 7.30 ESPN. Um, right next to it, Suns, Bucks at 8. Nuggets, Grizzlies at 9. It's a crazy night. Utah Lakers at 10. I don't know who's going to watch that one. But I definitely going to check out on the other two. <laughs> and... <laughs> Um, tomorrow, amen, Pelicans, Nets, 7.30, Clippers, Blazers at 10. Dame has been out last couple of games. I hope he plays for that one. I need, I need it. Yeah, I need Dame. I need Dame to play. He needs to play. He wants this MVP, which is slowly sinking because he can't beat anyone good, but hey, man, it is what it is. Um, so... Darnell, let's get into it. Who's your player of the weekend, game of the weekend, coach of the weekend, and dickhead of the weekend? So my player of the weekend, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Steph, even though it wasn't a loss. He had 47 on 11 and 19 from three. That was just impressive. He's been playing like honestly the Steph that won MVP. So. Having him at that level again is really, really a good thing to see. Uh, my coach of the weekend, I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with Brad Stevens. Um, the Celtics, 
figuring out ways to win games, climb up that ladder uh, in the in the Eastern Conference. So I like the way they've been playing as of late. So I'm going to go and give Boston some credit there. Um, for my game of the weekend, I got to go Warriors and Celtics. That was one of the best games of the season um, from Saturday night. 119-114, Boston wins. Jason Tatum had a clutch jump shot. Steph was clutched down late, down towards the end of the, that game. So that was a really, really great game. And for my dickhead of the weekend, it got to go. It's, it has to go to Kevin Durant. It's going to Kevin Durant for his comments on a podcast, million dollars worth of game, yeah. where he said that he listed his five best teammates that he's played with. He started off with Kyrie Irving, James Harden. He said Kyrie Irving, James Harden. He's in order, by the way. I know. Yes. I can't remember who was, who was third. Steph. <laughs> oh, yeah, Steph Curry. No, it was Clay Thompson. And then it was Steph Curry. And then he said Sergi Walker. I couldn't help but just <laughs> laugh. Like, Sergi Baca. Really said that. Obviously, omitting one of the best, obviously, omitting a Hall of Famer that he's played with in Russell Westbrook. Yeah. But he didn't seem to want to list Russell Westbrook as one of the top five teammates that he's ever played with. And instead, he lists Serge Ibaka. <laughs> I get that they were, they had a good relationship and they were friends and everything. But man, Serge stinks. <laughs> Stop it. Serge stinks. I used to be a, I used to be Oklahoma City used to no he doesn't stink, but they should have never it it's I was a big Oklahoma City fan. Not that I was never a Cavs fan, but at that time that was just my 2K team. So Oklahoma City was who I was riding with, and they gave up James Harden to keep Serge Ibaka. I hated that move so much. Still to this day, I that move just bugs me. Sorry about that. So that's my decade of the day. Uh, yeah, I think. Hold up, give me a second. <laughs> um, nah, yeah, completely agree. I mean. Hey, man, Kevin Durant, you know how he is. He's prickly. One other person who got low-key robbed in that entire thing, Draymond Green. I, you know he wasn't getting named, but Draymond Green's better than Serge Ibaka. Come on, man. Come on. Come on, KD. But you know he wasn't going to pick up. He wasn't going to say Draymond. Oh, it came out later, by the way. He says he forgot about Russell Westbrook and then put him fourth over Clay Thompson. So. Oh, that's a good interesting nugget. Yeah, that, that makes that makes it a little better. Does it that you forgot about him? <laughs> that he admitted clearly, he clearly he forgot, forgot to text him? him before he left, so it makes sense, I guess. <laughs> no, it doesn't make it better. He knows he played with Russell Westbrook. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Oh man, God, it's like. That's like LeBron saying, oh, best teammate. Oh, I forgot about D-Wade. So, I just – another thing, 
is like, how's Kyrie over James Harden and stuff? Like, there's he no- has, he has, obviously, he's doing, uh, he's paying homage to his teammates first. So that's why he listed KD, I mean, James Harden and Kyrie first and second. And Kyrie kind of has an ego where you kind of stroke his ego a little bit and put him first to make him so he doesn't feel like third option because he's not going for it. And yeah. Katie's wits. <laughs> um, my, I'm so happy you said that because now I can go with my dickhead too. Um, my game of the weekend would as well be Warriors Celtics when two guys put up 44 plus. Hey Amen. What else are you going to do with that? Um, my player of the weekend and my player until further notice is Steph. Until he scores under 30 points, he's going to be my player. He's got 10 Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of to that point too. <laughs> yeah. If he if he has 35 and they lose by 20 to the Sixers, he's still my player of the day. I don't care. <laughs> don't care. Don't even know. Everyone knows he's got to shoot dumb shots and he just keeps shooting dumber ones and they keep going in. So there you go. Um, Steph. My coach of the weekend, you know what? This might be the first and it might be the last one he ever gets. And he lost a game this weekend, but I don't care. It's Ty Lu, man. There's no Kawhi. They almost beat the Sixers. Ty Lu. Ty Lu, yeah, they beat the Timberwolves. <laughs> 31 assists. Hey man. Even if he even if he came over with assistant coach Rajon Rondo and that's all the help he needed, whatever. They've won seven out of eight. They look way better than they did last year at this point. They're streaking. You know what? And my dickhead of the weekend. Oh, man, I've been waiting for this one. Been waiting for this one. It goes to the Dallas Mavericks organization. I don't know if you I don't know if you've watched them play the last two days or three days, but they keep talking about how the entire organization is complaining about the playing game all of a sudden. It's not fair. <laughs> Why do we have to play in? We didn't have to last year, like yada, yada, this, that, the other. They proceed to let Julius Randle put 44 in their head and lose to the Knicks. And then Sunday, lose to the Kings. Hey, here's how you avoid the playing game. You win some games and you get out of it. Instead of complaining about it, why don't you just win a couple? Because the Blazers are right there and easily could have been caught. If they'd have won these two games, guess where they would have been? Now, beating the Knicks is like a tougher ask. But damn it, you got to beat the Kings, man. And I'm rooting for them to get the. I want to see. We all. This is like. This would be like a match made in heaven. If somehow, some way. We got Warriors, Blazers playing game. That'd be crazy. But the Mavericks aren't going to let it happen. They keep losing. They complain about the play, and then they don't win. So you know what? You get it, Dallas. All for you. Woof. Man, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we appreciate you guys coming through. Um, should have another one coming out in a couple of days after a couple more fun days of basketball, so it should be interesting. But for Darnell Jones, this was Demetrius, and I hope you enjoy it. Later.